You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. All right, it is that time again. SG is going back to the movies and this week playing at the SG drive-in. You know, so many of these movies are, you know, the theme is is Halloween and and getting into the spirit of of the Halloween season and and all of that kind of stuff and you know, there are a lot of wonderful horror movies that are out there that are straight scary movies and all of that but this this is one of those movies that is still while while not you know it's it's designated as a as a horror comedy um (laughs) absolutely belongs in the conversation for for wonderful movies to be watching around this time of year of course we are talking about the one and only beetlejuice and this week Joining me for this wonderful episode is what the one and only Pastor Will. How are we doing? I'm doing fantastic. It is a great time of year. The fall leaves are falling, pumpkins are everywhere. People are pondering what they're going to do on Halloween and what costume they're going to dress, what party you're going to go to. But similar to, to Christmas, there's always those top 10 lists of like top 10 Christmas movies, top movies to get you in the holiday spirit. And Halloween's no different. What are you going to watch? What are your seasonal go-tos that you have to watch every Halloween to get you into the Halloween fall spirit? And, and yeah, off the top of your head, maybe Beetlejuice isn't up there for you, but man, maybe it should be because, uh, yeah, I had so much fun going back and reviewing and watching and and looking at the history of this movie, and it brought back so many memories. Because because yeah, I I'm one of the older hosts on this uh, great uh, pantheon of hosts in systematic ecology, and I actually saw this in the theaters when I was in high school, and I remember it, nice. and, uh, and 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 have watched it a lot of times since then. <laughs> One of my favorite things about recording with you is you say things and and then I go and record with TJ and I'm the one that's in the position to be saying yeah. things that makes yeah. the other person feel like, man, <laughs> I'm not as old as that guy. All right, cool. Yeah. You know hey. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was going to ask being, being the, the resident surfer, bro, of the, of the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the group, where do you fall on the whole fall thing? Are you, are you a fall guy? Do you have a secret obsession yeah. with pumpkin spice or anything like that? Great question. Yeah. There is a sense of, of in my soul grieving the, the saying goodbye to summer and the ocean temp starting to to cool off and you have to put on wetsuits and it's not as summery. Yeah. Some spring and summer is my favorite time of year because of, uh, ocean life and surfing. But, but yeah, with the change of seasons come storms and weather and better waves. And so, uh, sometimes these change of seasons stir up the ocean a little bit more and you get a little bit more hurricanes out there and, and stirs up the ocean. So surfers are always, chasing chasing the swell looking at wave forecasts and so and and i do like it when 
you know, it's a time we do get hot and sweaty. You're like, I'm just ready for summer to be over and a time for a new season to cool off. And, um, you know, different kind of sports, football, and different times of year has a different smell in the air. So I, I do like fall. There's a sense of me that I do grieve um, saying goodbye to summer for, for another year. But then, yeah, change of season, get a little cooler. I'm not a big pumpkin spice guy, pumpkin ale. I, I, I'm just not. I like carving pumpkins. I'm nothing against pumpkins. Um, but I, I'm just, I don't gravitate towards all the um, pumpkin flavored stuff out there. But I do like fall. And as a kid, I loved Halloween. And you know, what kid doesn't like Halloween and cosplay and candy? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I am intrigued on as our society becomes more secular and not as religious and uh but the gravitation to halloween being more of a big deal uh because of the imagination or or horror or or cosplay or parties leaning into it but definitely halloween has grown in its popularity for some of my years at least my perception is of that and is of course more marketable and, and there's economy into play too when it comes to like sell, selling stuff but um but yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by that when investigate and dive deeper and why why people gravitate to that more than other things. But but it's fun. It's definitely a fun time of year and and I'm like a huge yeah. horror fan, but I, I like a good scary thriller and uh zombie genre. I'm a, i love the zombie genre. So man, and Beetle and I like comedy and I like special effects and I like great actors and actresses. And man, if you're gonna put all those together and put them in a gumbo, Halloween gumbo. You have Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. There's a whole there's a whole conversation to be had there on on the the emphasis of Halloween and kind of having always been a fall and Halloween guy myself. Like even as as far back as I can remember, I always dug that. I mean, it probably goes hand in hand with my lifelong. Um, watching and patronage of of horror movies and the, and the horror genre and all of that kind of stuff so no real big surprise but it's interesting as i've as i've become an adult as i've become a christian as things have changed in my life kind of how my point of view has changed while still appreciating and if you guys i don't know which which is going to air first but if you guys haven't listened to it yet then then spoilers but TJ and I are going to get deep into my love for all things pumpkin spice. I I nice. am I, I was there in line the day that it that everything opened up as far as you know everybody got their <laughs> pumpkin flavored stuff in and and all of that kind of stuff. So does it get sooner um, and goes, sooner every year? Does it get sooner and sooner every year? Kind of like Christmas and other holidays. It seems like it gets sooner and sooner every year. Is it pretty like much ready to roll it out? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the beginning of August when okay. everything really hit. Um and then you you hear from your from your summer diehards like calm down, you're talking about pumpkin spice and it's not even uh September yet. And it used to be September that that stuff would start, but you know, you have something market marketable and so, you know, consumerism is going to be what it's going to be. Um yeah. but you know, this is one of those movies that while I, I when I was a kid, I actually didn't appreciate it as much because it wasn't like scary in the same sense that some like I would hear the word horror as a kid. And I saw something like this and it didn't really compete or, or compute rather, because for me, horror meant Freddy Krueger. Horror meant Michael Myers, not a dude making jokes and dancing around and all of that kind of stuff. Um, 
my my opinions have changed as I've as I've gotten older. I've come to appreciate this, namely because of Michael Keaton. But it's so it's so interesting because the last time that we were talking about Michael Keaton, we were talking about a movie that comes out exactly one year later in a much, much different role. So off the heels of this, you have Batman 89. And so, and for a lot of people, this is what kind of put him on the map as as, as an actor. And, and, you know, you go back and you watch this movie and it's not hard to see why. Yeah, yeah. I just, just to add a little bit, like, yeah, I think I didn't make the connection that Tim Burton directed Beetlejuice. And yeah, of course I knew he directed Batman, but perhaps his relationship I don't know if Michael Keaton, maybe you know this, landed the role of Batman before he did Beetlejuice or it was in kind of conjunction or it's like Tim, Tim Burton was like, um, I can work with you. You're awesome. And I want to work with you again. And how about this role? And I was big right. Pee Wee's Big Adventure fan too, like as a kid in high school. Like I, I just love Pee Wee and I love that movie so much. It was brilliant. And um, on so many levels. And, and Tim Burton did that one. And then the music, and, and then you lead to Beetlejuice. You're like, oh, here's another one. And then, oh, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't know. There's a connection. Tim Burton did Batman and Beetlejuice back-to-back with Michael Keaton. And so I'm like, ah, there you go. There, there you see that connection, right. that relationship. Directors like to work with people that are easy to work with or get along with. Yeah. And you can see where that happened. It's, and it's interesting because you can, you can see the um the fact that those two had a had a connection in the various films and especially if you take a look at the um background materials the behind the scenes um it is it is historically known that Michael Keaton and Tim Burton got along very well mm. to the point where as they started to phase out Tim Burton out of the Batman projects Michael Keaton didn't want anything more to do with it um in the helm of anybody else and so yeah it's it's an interesting through line when you look at tim burton's work because you look at something like peewee's big adventure and then this came out in 88 batman came out in 89 and you can see how this um sense of sense of humor sense of style sense of direction just the fingerprints of tim burton that if you ask him to you know, do a guy that is, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a movie about the afterlife and a movie about ghosts and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. Fun fact: they actually hated the uh, the title uh, Beetlejuice at first, and so they asked him to make it to make the movie uh, House Ghosts, like name it House Ghosts instead. Hmm. So, as a joke, Tim Burton responded with "Scared Sheetless." as the as a, a proposed uh title for Beetlejuice. <laughs> but you see all of this and and it's such there's so much life, which is a little ironic considering the movie that we're that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's so much mm-hmm. life in Tim Burton's work that is not that that is uniquely his own. Yes, other our other yeah. directors bring life to their work, but you kind of know watching the film that a movie is a Tim Burton movie. Right. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's all over this movie, the humor, the style, the pacing, uh, the special effects, the goofiness, but, but it, but also like making you uncomfortable, but then relieving that, um, relieving that with humor, um, that, that is a perfect blend of, of those things. So yeah, horror comedy. Yeah. This is going to creep you out. I can't, yeah, he's not, um, Beetlejuice isn't Michael Myers or, or Jason, but, 
but he he's like a zombie that you don't know if you like or not. <laughs> like you can't decide. Do I like this guy? Do I not? He is funny. He is charming. But man, his, there's a dark side. What should we release this chaos into the world or should we not? Like I, so so that's that. If if that's the movie they're if that's the tension if that's the tension they're playing with, uh, then then yeah, they nailed it. Yeah, and it's it's one of the more interesting things about this movie for me is we you you mentioned that it there's a there's a bit of a roller coaster ride that happens in this as far as the emotions that this elicits ultimately this is a horror comedy there's there's all they're always going to stop to make the joke they're always going to stop to have that humorous moment and all of that kind of stuff but you're still talking about a movie where your main characters don't realize that they've been in a fatal car accident right and and there's this interaction between this second set of of people and the first set of people and you watch them slowly make the realization that they're dead that they are ghosts and that to the other people the house is being haunted and yes hijinks ensue ridiculousness ensues some really cool visual effects especially for 88 um uh ensue Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of funny because i remember this being one of the few movies that kind of flew under the radar when I was a kid for whenever the cousins would get together at the grandparents' house. And I was, I, to give to give you a frame of reference, we're <laughs> talking, I was like, I don't know, four or five, something like that. Like, we're, we're, this is young. And this, it was always more acceptable with my dad to watch horror movies than anybody else, but certainly not at the grandparents' house. And this was one of those that kind of flew under the radar that I remember watching all, all of us watching as as kids because it was, you know, it was funny and it was a it was a comedy for the time rather than dealing with these, you know, the, these concepts. But watching it with older eyes, it's. It's always talent. It's it's always a it's always talent to me. Like I I really can appreciate when a director is able to layer messaging in in the kind of way that this movie attempts and succeeds to to tackle. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like we said, this thing has legs because it eventually becomes a, a cartoon. So yeah, it flies on the radar so much. So yeah, it has creepy moments. It has like weird images. It's, it's dealing with. Some, some heavy topics. Um, and then, then they can also kind of shift and pivot a little bit and make it to like a kid's cartoon for Saturday morning in, in 1989 and let that yeah. run for a little while. And then eventually becomes like a Broadway musical a few years back. And so this, this story has legs. His character has legs. He's, he's up there. Beals is a pantheon. He's kind of, you know, creepy horror, but also comedy and Halloween kind of, kind of characters. Um, but, but like you said, the, the reason it has the, the cast in this thing. I mean, we're talking Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin, Jeffrey Jones, who you know as the principal from Ferris Bueller's, and Catherine O'Hare. Um, oh my gosh, what a genius she is. I don't know if you guys have watched Shit's Creek or not, but man, her performance there. And then Winona Ryder. Like, it's just, it's so, it just, person after person after person are, have the acting chops and been around a long time in, in this, in these roles. And then, and then, you know, as you think about the plot of this movie, um, you know, part of the human condition, part of being human, what it means to be human is, is learning and growing and learning how to live. Hopefully, hopefully that's, that's a big part of your story. Uh, but here these people die and they're learning how to be dead. They don't know what it means to be ghosts. They have a, 
they they're given a handbook. No one hands you a handbook on how to live life. You got to figure it out. But then, um, but they're how how are we gonna be dead? How are we gonna be ghosts in the world? And where do they go for that instruction? Where are healthy ways to do it? Unhealthy ways, and they stumble upon this this chaos demigod who uh, um, is trying to lead them astray on how to be, I guess, healthy ghosts in the world. And all those things together, I just I going back and like, you know what? Yeah, we part of life is learning how to live, and then part of our faith is like, how how do we die, and then what what happens after that, and that the story continues even after death and the story is dealing with how how does one live as a ghost? How do you operate? What's next? What's the next chapter look like? So yeah, those things were were super fun to play around with. Good sand good sandbox to play in with those yeah. those big age old existential questions we all wrestle with. Right. And it's funny you mentioned the the cartoon because like Heath and I talked about on the Gen X episode it what qualifies as acceptable cartoons in 1989 is way different than what passes for acceptable in 2022. Um, just to <laughs> just an entirely different world. That's all. Just yeah, an entirely different yeah. world. And you know, it it is it is interesting when you consider what gets what has legs and what doesn't. Right. And and you you look at something like this, and you know. I think part of me is inclined to believe that part of what what gives this the kind of staying power that it has is it it elicits questions. And there is that it does such a good job of making you want to like pretty much everybody involved right. that you're not really left with there being a flat out out and out antagonist of the story like we we see beetlejuice is left in the um the cosmic waiting room at, at the yeah. end and and kind of an ambiguous ending for him but right. even still like it's not an out and out he is the villain of the story even though he is mischievous and causes problems and all of that kind of stuff at the same token you see at the end of the story everybody kind of learns how to live with one another they learn how to live cohesively in the house and so it's it's left in a way where tim burton was able to tell an interesting story have different shades of gray throughout it but also leave people wanting more yeah yeah and you look at the character of beetlejuice and it's this chaos bringer almost like a, a trickster god you know it's a it's a trickster right. god of of um of yeah, how much is he a not necessarily a villain, but if you're trying to have order and purpose and manage life without too many difficulties, you don't want a chaos bringer. You don't want a trickster God messing that stuff up. So it's amazing. Me, every myth, every culture um, has an element of a, of a trickster mythology, trickster God within, embedded within their kind of narrative or religious mythological stories that they tell. And, and here's another one. And so I think that's why, yeah. yeah uh, is he a Loki? Uh, is is, uh, but but yeah. How do you control that? How do you not control that? What do you do with it? Is it redeemable? Does he need to be redeemed or just honed in? I mean, big. The whole Christian story starts in Genesis with God hovering over the chaotic waters and bringing orders to the universe. And, and as much, yeah, it's not that God is a failure. God is in control. But yet, um, chaos rears its head. Whether it's uh, um, Leviathan or the flood or whatever. Is let loose on earth and 
And, and I think, yeah, we wrestle with that, how we live in a chaotic world, um, but we hunger for purpose and order and stability. And this, this movie deals with this in a fun comedy way, but also in a way that makes you, yeah, what is, what does life after death look like? Is it a big waiting room? Is it similar to where we are now? Can the dead and the alive live together on the same plane or in an agreement or in harmony with one another? Christians have an understanding of the communion of saints, um, the dead and those who've gone before us and those who are living now who are striving. All, all that is entangled. All those themes came to mind when I'm rewatching this, this silly movie from Smith and Burton. Yeah, and, and that's how, you know, you would you would hope that in in a situation like the one that, you know, cr- Christians are we live in a we live in a, in a dualistic existence and you know there's so much time talking about what is to come and so much emphasis and all of that kind of stuff that sometimes we lose sight of living in the present kingdom yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. that how how we address these ideas of the afterlife and how we wrestle with these things and how we contemplate these things and how we contemplate divinity and all uh, everything that goes into how we process this matters and is and bears an effect on how we live and that's that's so much the point here even in the movie it's not about mm-hmm. how you died it's about how you lived and mm-hmm. you know it's it should bring about all of those questions when you watch a movie that so directly asks them and this shouldn't be uncomfortable territory for us. You know what I mean? Like this is that these should be some of the very building blocks that we're asking these questions that are eliciting how we feel uh, and, and these emotions and and these these thoughts and our stances and everything that goes into how what what we think of and how we handle this afterlife thing. You know, and 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 I think you know we we've seen how that can how how in an attempt to answer all of the questions that we don't get answers to a lot of mm, i will be charitable and say nonsense has <laughs> has come out and the, and the difference between something like a like a beetlejuice and something that i'm referring to as nonsense is beetlejuice is a fantasy movie and never claims to be anything other than a fantasy it's when people concoct their own story and then try and pass it off as as truth that it and that it hedges into nonsense and things like that. Right. And so, you know, it, it's it's always it's always a treat when you find a secular piece of media that's willing to ask certain questions and get people thinking. Yep. Yep. And and we we spin and create these narratives for different purposes. Maybe it brings le- comedies bring levity to life. Horrors hold up a horror stories or movies hold up a mirror to help us face and co- um, what what is scary and reality in the world. Um, yeah. A coping mechanism uh, wrestling with the big question. We put them together and it's like yeah, that life is can be super scary and hard and um, and just. Just the fact that like Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis's characters are, are they're like walking through like big eyed, surprised every corner, like what is going on? What is happening? Like, what are we a part of? <laughs> the surprise along the way. What what's gonna happen next? I mean that 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 intrigue and mystery of life, and then there's intrigue and mystery of death. Um, but yeah, that that holds those two together. I I 
as a part of my life and life journey and faith journey is, is yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to face the horrors that are out there. And, and then I'm also going to have fun along the way and, and let comedy and not take it too seriously and, and, and laugh and poke fun as we go. So, so yeah, this blend is, is a great mashup genre is, is healthy for us to think yeah. through in our lives. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, used to be a, a purist in the same way that I, you know, didn't, like anything you know i used to be a a a heavy metal uh gatekeeper when i was super into heavy metal where if you weren't into a certain type of heavy of heavy metal heavy metal then you didn't really like metal you liked something else um and, and it's i used to be a similar kind of way as far as horror and all that and but i agree that when done well as i've gotten older i've realized that sometimes the right play is to stop and have the laugh. You know what I mean? Sometimes Mm -hmm. the, the appreciating the comedy of it all is, is the right play and, and not taking yourself too seriously and all of that kind of stuff. And then when you infuse that, that willingness to, to stop for the laugh and all of that, and you blend it with something serious, like contemplating, the spiritual contemplating the afterlife because the thing about the spiritual side or our mortality or light- yeah our mortality yeah that like yeah we, the, wrestling with mortality <laughs> didn't mean to cut you off but that brought that to mind i'm like yeah wrestling yeah. with the spiritual aspect but man wrestling with mortality that's a big part right and and that and that's the thing is like it doesn't for us as christians we're smartened up i guess to the fact that the mortality piece is not the only piece when you consider the spiritualism of Christianity, because I've said this before and I'll say it again. Christianity is not a Western religion. It is an Eastern religion. Compare it to some of its contemporaries and you will see that the Eastern, that Eastern religions were not afraid to acknowledge the spiritual side of existence. They were entangled in ways that everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Right. And and if that's something that you have to stop and wonder about the the validity of, um, then I then I, I counsel you to do this. Okay. You don't even need to turn on the news. I'm not even gonna tell you to turn on the news. Just open up your front door and take a look outside. Talk to people for five minutes. And you'll see that, yeah, everything that the everything that the Bible <laughs> says about us being in the midst of spiritual warfare is legit. And and that is something that we need to be able to reconcile. And and that is something that I think movies like this, when they're approached healthily, can can have you laughing, but also stopping to consider these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and the and sometimes the mashup doesn't work, right? Like it, if you're doing a mashup just to mash up. Yeah, sorry, it, it could get ugly fast. But but this, right. you have to you have to handle both with respect, and and there's there's a harmony within that. And so yeah, you you like metal, um, but but man, did we did we know that so much good could come out of Anthrax and and Public Enemy mashing up, bring the noise like that that together who would have thought that this two would go together be like purist for hip-hop or a rap and a purist for metal but man they got together and uh and, and made something pretty rad at least in my uh but i i don't want to go off topic but who's your heavy metal band of choice in the day like you were saying top uh, my top my top one was slipknot i think slipknot was okay. was definitely my favorite nice nice yeah I, there was i loved um i i grew up in the day of headbangers ball yep 
and so yeah, this is a mashup movie that handles those things together. It, it was well done. It's it's good. It's so a good one. fun facts since it came up in conversation. Fascinatingly enough, Scott Ian from Anthrax. Yeah. He's the he's the the inspiration for the for the beard. I remember now seeing. I now I yeah. see it. Heck yeah, man! Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So so for those of you that don't know, Scott Ian is the guitarist from Anthrax, and he had a long goatee and he had it braided together, and he would always dye the end of mm-hmm. the uh, of the braid. And I remember seeing that as a kid and thinking that was so cool. So. For those of you that have never seen me, I have a long colored beard and it's usually <laughs> ridiculous colors. Right now it's purple. So there you go. There you go. And um, for you youngins out there, if you've never seen the music video of Anthrax and Public Enemy mashing up, bring the noise, um, I, I I encourage you to do so. That's my early yes. recommendation. Go check it out. I, 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 I second that because that's, that's <laughs> formative music right there. That is phenomenal. <laughs> Um, so it's funny. So, so we've, we've dipped in dot and, and anybody who's listened to the two of us get together, we're not afraid to get into the, into the spiritual side of side of the conversation pretty quick. But I, I have, uh, randomly when we look, when we look up these different, uh, movies, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes look up the Wikipedia every once in a while, I'll throw into my Google machine, um, the, the, the religion of, whatever the IP is, because usually hmm. you'll find something ridiculous. Uh, I found a whole document. Somebody made a whole guide to the afterlife according to Beetlejuice. So okay. if you look up, if you look up the afterlife according to Beetlejuice, you'll find a pretty, <laughs> it's, it's in some total pretty cheesy. Um, it's from a group called uh, uh, Bible and Pop Culture. Um, it's very much a, how does all of this point exactly to Jesus and all of that? And, and some of it's a little like, does this thing sound familiar? Well, Satan kind of did this thing a little bit, sort of, kind of, if you squint and cock your head a little bit. But it is interesting because you do have to take the time to to take a look at, you know, yeah, we see these different depictions and no, not everything is good. Not everything is, is you know, a one-for-one comparison and all of that kind of stuff. And we do need to be able to build up the muscles to be able to discern these sort of things and something like this, I'd rather something like this than something that's trying to, you know, uh, say that these things are, are passable and, and that, you know, if you look here, you know, what are they bio necromancers or bio exorcists or whatever, whatever they call that they call them. Um, you know, if you look over here in the Bible, it says this and like, uh, I don't think so, Tim. Um, but it is always interesting when you see when you see these different takes of how Christians, you know, try and square the circle of different mediums that are out there that are addressing the afterlife that are doing so in a way that, you know, I mean, isn't isn't, you know, coming from a biblical place. But I think that that's OK. You know, I, I think I. I especially in situations like this where it's not trying to pass itself off as its own religion and and all of that kind of stuff i am i've always been of the opinion that i think it's a little bit silly when christians kind of quarantine themselves Mm. when it when it when it hits around september october time you know what i mean we have to insulate ourselves and do our trunk or treats and cut off the rest of the world uh you know otherwise the evils of this time and all of this kind of stuff i don't know who needs to hear this i don't know who needs to hear this but the modernization of halloween has nothing to do with its pagan roots 
I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just saying like a lot of that stuff, it's, it's all, it's all pop culture and that's, that's thrown stuff in. Yes. Some of the stuff does have its roots in paganism and in witchcraft and Wicca, all this kind of stuff. Yes. I am. Not, I trust me, me of all people having, having spent my time in the occult, I understand the through lines. I understand the connection points. I do. But I think it's a gross overcorrection to insulate yourself to the point where you can't just enjoy a fun movie like this or or you can't, you know, look at something that has a different take on the uh, on the afterlife while, you know, looking at it through the lens of, you know, you don't 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 compromise your beliefs, don't compromise truth and theology and all of that kind of stuff, but also be willing to listen to somebody else who says something different even if that something different doesn't line up with your thing. Yeah, and so there's that trend of of taking whatever property or movie or whatever popular and make a the gospel according to book, um, yep. and and just kind of and 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 there's nothing wrong with that because it provides it, it helps people kind of what we're doing with the show it help, it's a gateway it's a tool it's a sandbox sandbox to play around with the ideas of the questions that's rooted in every story every hero's journey um, to to think through how does that relate to who we believe God is or isn't and in the Christian faith and. And so, yeah, sometimes we, we re- there's too far a reach. We take it too seriously or say, no, for, point for point, this is what it's saying or trying to say like, no, but, but to use it and hold it loosely as a, as, as a means by which to open up other doors and go deeper with other questions. That's, that's what it's, it's trying to do. And, and, you know, as a, as a Lutheran pastor, you know, we have a deep, deep um, uh, relationship with October 31st because uh, that's the day, the day before All Saints Day that Martin Luther right. Legend, legend has it nailed the ninety-five theses on the church door because he knew everybody was going to come to church the next day on 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 All Saints Day. So October thirty-first, we we make a, at least we make a joke around church and youth was like, yeah, Happy Halloween, but also Happy Reformation Day, uh, and and only those kind of in the inside baseball of the Reformation know what I'm talking about. But but yeah, I mean there there's a, Christianity has taken those has taken those things and whether they appropriated them or or like. Uh, use them as a means by which to go deeper into the story. Yeah, October is a time of where things die and you get ready for a harvest and get ready for a rebirth. And guess what? There's there's a, a deeper story of of another one who is the light of the world in the midst of darkness and scary world that brings hope and that there is new life that can be found. Uh, so so all those things are interweaved and tangled with one another that I think uh, makes a good point. Makes a good point. So this, yeah, I always... October 31st, I see Happy Halloween because it means All Hallows Eve because the next day is All Saints Day. And uh, but I also say Happy Revolution Day as well. Yeah, I always have to laugh at, you know, honestly, I would I would take it seriously coming from somebody like you because I've spent enough time listening to you and I know that you're a Lutheran pastor and I know that you're that that you are steeped in the traditions and and. I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean that, right, I'm, I'm, right. you know, but it, so, so I would take happy reformation day as, as a little, something a little bit more serious coming from somebody like you, but I've heard that phrase so many times just from Christians that are just standing on the, on the righteous yeah. street corner of, we need to be done with the evils of Halloween that this day is, is evil. And so we reclaim this in the name of Christianity by saying happy reformation day. 
So what is it? So, it's the devil's day. So we're going to. Yeah. So, what is, so I'm just curious in that kind of situation, when does it, when does it switch over? Is it like 12.01 AM till 11.59 PM? Like that day, that 24 hour period, that's what belongs to the devil. Everything else it's fine, but just that day, there's that, come on guys. Anyway, a whole, whole other side topic, side tangent of conversation. Well, it's related. Cause you know, big part of uh, Beetlejuice is trying to get a handle of this chaotic being and, yeah. and, and hone them in and not let them loose on the whole world. And so our sense of like human beings trying to control uh, the spiritual realities that are out there is like, we got to control. We we're the ones in control and got to control whether Satan has authority or not, or God, if we're not there to help God, then, then who will, you know? So it's like, right. You know, that's um, yeah. Every day, hopefully is Reformation Day. Every day is All Hallows' Eve. And hopefully every day is also All Hallows' Eve, All Hallows' Day, uh, a saint's day uh, in your life. So it, it can accompany both. But as humans, it's hard to hold all that together every single day. So we, we mark periods in the seasons and times and to, to focus on certain things more than other because it's hard to um, go through the entire seasons and the whole Christian story continuous all in one. So we need months and years and days to mark those celebrations to to lift that up. Yeah. Um, and for for an example of a group that's out there, I feel the need to to shout them out since we're talking about this kind of lane of 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 um, content production. For for those of you that are into well done displays of the gospel message through various mediums and forms, go ahead and check out Geek Devotions. Um you you guys for for those of you that have been that have been tracking through you guys have heard from Dally and Celeste the 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 two people that um lead the ship over there and they're doing they're doing great work their whole mission statement is to let you know that you're loved um and, and all of that and so they they do some really good stuff with trying to hold up the mirror of geek properties and things like that and how that kind of reflects truth pieces and and all of that so if that's your if that's your bag definitely go check them out um all right so with that let's go ahead and bring it in for a landing um if hopefully you guys are enjoying the series thus far we've got some great spooky goodness uh coming to you this entire season um, with more wonderful deep dives into Halloween-themed movies along the way. But if you just cannot wait and you need to hear more of our sultry tones, you can head on over to systematicgeekology.org. Um, go ahead and binge our stuff. Go ahead and click at the click on the host tab. You'll be able to find more of the projects that our wonderful panel of hosts are involved in. Um, and if you want to help us keep the lights on, you can head on over to patreon.com slash systematic ecology. We have a whole bunch of uh, bonus content over there and a whole lot of goodies for you guys that um, support us. So with that, that's a wrap. Remember that we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.